Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, August the 30th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about meetings in the future of the Little Rock School District. Is today the 30th? I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I behind? I don't know. The resignation of UA Little Rock Chancellor Andrew Rogerson and U.S. Representative Steve Walmack's recent town hall meeting. Okay. Joined as usual by Max Brantley. So the State Board of Education held three more meetings this week on the future of the Rock School District. They were all marked by anger and frustration at uh, the board uh, after four and a half years, little to show for uh, taking over the school district. The first two also were marked by uh, fr- frustration and raucous protest over the board forcing uh, the community into breakout discussions and roundtable discussions. Uh, but finally, last night uh, at a meeting at Longley Baptist Church in Southwest Little Rock, the board relented and five board members sat at a table in a large family life center. Several hundred people were gathered and they sat mostly silent while people yelled at them. And that's probably what they should have done all along. Right, right, and, and and took no notes, I'm sure, at the specific suggestions some people made about what to do about the school district. Well, you know, you just can't shake the feeling that there's a foreordained outcome, and we don't know exactly what it is, but Johnny Key and whoever he relies on for his guidance have a plan for what they're going to do with the district, and it's, it's likely not going to be met with uh, uh, cheers. Little Rock School District because I don't think it includes a full return of a democratically elected school board. I think it likely includes a realignment of the district at a minimum in ways that will probably promote a, a vision of a district that, ha- that in which there are haves and have-nots. And so I don't know. But you know, the, the, we've said before this little survey they cooked up to ask people their opinion was just such a leading bogus survey which several people have complained about last night that it kind of tipped the hand on where they're coming from i the one thing i wanted to emphasize and i've chosen to emphasize today is you know diane zook the chair of the state board of education and a committed foe of the district in many ways has complained about chronic absenteeism in the district and and if and if we're going to talk about chronic absenteeism i think we need to start with johnny key the state education department director who is under law the school board for the little rock school district and he is he hadn't attended any of these public meetings and he clearly has a a great reluctance to meet with people in the little rock school district you almost get the feeling he's afraid of them yeah yeah now that was that was a point that that was returned to time and again last night i i think you know last week we talked a lot about how these were very clearly sham meetings uh, that that the the state board was doing just to say we you know we really value your input, but <clears throat> one silver lining from these is that uh, you know the the community seems pretty united over this. The, and the people who are still in the school district are committed to the school district. Yeah, you've, you've and you had a, a real diverse showing, and um, you know the second night. Uh, there, there was a lot of protest, and just a handful of people and state board members went to what they call breakout sessions. And then Circuit Judge Wendell Griffin and uh, longtime school advocate Anika Whitfield 
held a kind of separate session where folks suggested ideas for the district. And there was an exchange between Griffin and State Senator Will Bond. Um, Bond suggested to Griffin that it wasn't probably helpful for Griffin to talk about the board as white supremacists. And Griffin said, well, you thinking that it's helpful to um, criticize me for talking about white supremacy is an example of white supremacy. So it, that was a kind of breakout moment in that, and I wrote about it and so did the Democrat Gazette. Um, and Allie Nolan, who's a parent and advocate who's been really involved in this, had a great post that she did for us pushing back at a narrative that I don't think that we did so much, but uh, some of the TV stations and the Democrat Gazette were suggesting that you know there's division within parent groups. And um, it, I thought it was really noteworthy last night that, uh, you know, Griffin and Bond were both there and were both cheering on things that the other said. Um, you know, you had parents from West Little Rock who talked about, you know, I know that that I'm privileged and my kid's school will always be okay, but I'm not okay with splitting up the district. You had folks from Southwest Little Rock that that talked. I mean, you had a really diverse group of people, and people time and again talked about how the diversity of the district is is one of its best qualities. Well, I, I think that's true, and and it was also important. I think that this was on TV because just the appearance of a room of people that were was not all black or was not all white and reflected a real diversity was an important signal. And, and I've had people who were not there who've remarked to me about it that, and, and I, th- I think there's a tinge of racism in this, that, oh, it wasn't just Wendell and the usual suspects. I mean, it was, there are all kinds of people out there. And, and I mean, it's racist to even observe that that feeling is out there, but that feeling is out there. And if the district is to, is to survive, and if it is to educate the kids who need help most, it has to be a diverse district. It particularly has to have some diversity in income. And, and I thought the two pieces that you posted today from parents who were there last night, one a, a black mother, one a, a white father, were both incredibly compelling in their way about why the district is important to them and why it's important that you have all kinds of people in a school district. This afternoon on Twitter, another mother wrote in and said she had transferred her child from the most expensive private school in Little Rock to Central High School, not just because it had more AP courses, but precisely because it would expose her to a diversity of culture and economics and race. And and, and, and I want to say not just binary race. I mean, there are people from all kinds of backgrounds at Central. And, uh, and, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's important. And I, I think there's a, there's a real value in a universal school district that tries to lift up all kids. And that's what, that's what we're fighting for here. And on the other side are, is the Walton finance choice crowd that doesn't think there should be elected school boards that think parents should be able to just take their money and go where they want, that schools don't have to be accountable, that they don't have to follow rules for teachers that the public schools do. It's a it's a it's a watershed moment, I think, and I, I don't know how it's going to turn out next week. I'm I'm not optimistic, but I've certainly been encouraged by the grassroots support for the schools this week. Yeah. So next week, September third, happens to be the the night that Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is uh, going to 
speak at Verizon Arena. Uh, the state board is having its final public meeting. There'll be an hour of public comment followed by the board uh, having discussion on what they've learned or what the future might be for the district. I doubt that they will come to any final conclusion. Uh, of course, they're to some degree putting the cart before the horse here because official uh, scores uh, and won't be out until October. Um, right, I guess in theory under the, the rules they've set, they can't make a declaration until they have the numbers by which they can say, see, you failed. Right, but I, we probably will get you know more of the contours of what they're thinking Tuesday night, and and then if there's you know if there's to be any um, any pushback, any any pushback that results in anything, uh, this grassroots movement is going to have to grow considerably. Right, and, and and I think there's a chance we'll see somebody go to court again if they go too far and do things that clearly seem to to segregate the district uh federal courts aren't too receptive anymore to desegregation lawsuits but that that's something that i think is probably in the future too okay well we'll keep on it <clears throat> today the university of arkansas system announced in a news release that andrew rogerson is resigning as chancellor of the ua literat campus well i mean they got they booted him I, th I think we could i mean that perhaps overstates it a little bit but he was not happy there were people who weren't happy with him he had two years left on his contract he said i just decided it's probably best for me to step aside and he'll give up the second year of his contract and get three hundred fifty thousand dollars for staying on the payroll one more year half the year he doesn't have to work at all and so i mean he's really i mean he's he resigned and i think with the agreement and encouragement of the university administration, they'll announce somebody to succeed him next week. You know, temporarily. You, well, right, is an interim a leader next week. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, he had he had fans and he had critics, and and some of it was within the faculty and within the student body. Uh, I think there were things that that didn't go well. That the school has lost enrollment. Uh, and it has had to make budget cuts because of that loss of enrollment. He blames some of his problems, and I think he, there's a lot of sympathy about this, on the presence of the East Ham campus, something that was a bad idea, the charter school that was placed there with Walton financing, and it's created an atmosphere that the students don't like and the faculty don't like. They've tried to work out some deals to work around it. Uh, the Fayetteville campus opened a branch of its business school in Little Rock, UA Little Rock, as a business school, that wasn't viewed as a particularly friendly thing toward UA, Little Rock. The new state funding formula really discriminates against schools like Little Rock that has a large non-traditional student component, that is older people who go back to school that aren't just starting as fresh high school graduates and staying in dorms. And so, and I think they get treated as second-class citizens by, by, by the university system. I think its future in the system is something worth talking about at some point. But uh, <clears throat> but there there were those who thought that uh, Rogerson didn't do everything he could have done in the leadership of the campus, and so he's gone. Uh, I, I don't know. There were things about him I liked, and he was not afraid to speak up. I I think he rubbed some very powerful people the wrong way, and I don't. I'm not beginning to say that's the only reason he's leaving, but I think that was there was an element of that there. Okay. Uh, Republican Representative 
Steve Womack had a, ta- a town hall meeting <laughs> and got fairly roasted this week in, in Rogers. Not that he cares. I mean, you know, this guy's the biggest blowhard in our delegation. Well, Tom Cotton's maybe even meaner probably, but not as loud about it as Steve Womack. Anyway, he had a town hall and he knew he was going to have to face some critics and he did on immigration and the environment and his whole ultra right wing agenda, which he... And, and insults people in the process, you know, when somebody raises a question about the environment, says, well, that's the problem with you people. But where he really got into it was is he basically seemed to suggest that the problem with gun violence is a result of too many single-parent households, and there were a lot of single mamas in the crowd that didn't like that very much and shouted back at him, a number of them with Moms Demand, the gun safety group. And, of course, he's just a total committed gun aficionado, and he's not going to hear anything about background checks or anything that that might produce more gun safety. So it was a, it was a raucous meeting. I, uh, some, he had some supporters in the crowd who uttered the usual Trump phrase of, you don't like America, get out and get the hell out as if you're not American unless you agree with Steve Womack, which is kind of the Trumpian posture these days. But, uh, I suspect he's safe for re-election, but there's a great candidate, uh, nurse practitioner from Bella Vista, Celeste Williams. She's a Democrat running against him. I, I think she knows she's got an uphill battle, but she's at least going to press him, and that's that's good. Okay. Well, we wrapped. We went through my three topics quickly. Is there anything you want to talk about? <laughs> well, you know, I love to beat up on Leslie Rutledge, who is still incommunicado about whether she's going to run for Supreme Court and a worked-out deal with Joe Hart. But I, I want to give her a, a modest pat on the back this morning for an attorney general's opinion today that said Mary Bentley's new law that allows school boards to do random drug testing of employees is probably unconstitutional. Now, she went on to say that there's no firm federal court ruling on this. And, you know, I mean, I, I assume she'd defend the law if need be. But, you know, we do have a Fourth Amendment against unreasonable search and seizure and, and searching people without cause. Is kind of, you might say, un-American. Yeah. And even Leslie Rutledge kind of had to gently say, well, you know, they, they it might not pass muster. So I guess you take what you can get these days. There you go. All right, well, let's move on to endorsements. What do you got this did, week? Did I, did I already endorse Orange is the New Black? No. Well, I just binge-watched the final season, and it was great. Yeah. It, it, it returned to its roots. It was, it was about the lives and the the horror of the lives that led people to prison and the lives they lead in prison. And it was just so sad. I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I hate to say it was great because it was just so gut-wrenchingly sad about the difficulties these women faced in life. And in pre- it just rang true. It rang like a, a non-fiction story. And it, it was great. I really recommend it. Okay. I'm several seasons behind. I don't even know what... What's happening last time? How many seasons have they had? Was this the seventh? Wow. Maybe. It's a, bu- it's a bunch of them. I mean, they went through many iterations, but this one really was kind of back to the roots. Peak TV is hard to keep up with. Yeah, no, there's there's just so much stuff out there. I'm watching something now about uh, this FBI unit that investigates serial killers. Mindhunter. Yeah. Yeah, And it's, it's finally starting. I'm finally starting to get it. it it's kind of slow going, but I but now I'm, they're into an actual case. And You're on the first season? No, I'm in the second season. I okay, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything especially good. I'm watching Succession right now. Have you watched that? I haven't, I haven't stopped going to. I'm going to let it pile up a few and then watch a bunch of them. Yeah, I was unsure at first. Um, I thought it was, I couldn't quite figure out if it was a drama or a comedy. I mean, it's way over the top. But you kind of settle into it. and it. It's, I like the first season. It, it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, a show of our times. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, well, in the trappings. I mean, there's all that, too. Sure. The high life is fun to watch. But Brian, Brian Cox, who plays the patriarch of the family, is excellent. Yeah, he's as, good. He's good. As a, a, a mean old bastard. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Subscribe via iTunes. You didn't get a Popeye's sandwich, did you? No, I haven't. Have you? No, no, but I'm dying to have one. I, I mean... This has nothing to do with politics, although I won't I won't do business with Chick-fil-A because of politics, but when I've had to eat a Chick-fil-A sandwich, I just thought their chicken was mediocre, and I think Popeye's is better, so I'm thinking the Popeye's sandwich is probably superior, but, I'm, but, sure. I, but I can't say that for sure. Well, it's a marketing coup, if nothing else. Oh, it was incredible. No, they're sold out. They had to, they had to stop selling it because they sold every chicken breast they had. That's amazing. All right, well, subscribe via your favorite podcast app, and uh, we'll be back soon. See ya.